It's time to light up a cigar and talk about business and cars. Are you ready to get the insider edge and pick up a few ideas that you can incorporate into your business today? Your host, Brandon Green, has 25-plus years in the automotive industry, with 10-plus years owning his own business. Together with a diverse lineup of guests from all industries, he's asking the right questions to get you the answers you seek. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Business Cards and Cigars. This week... I have a very good friend of mine, uh, another business owner, small car audio shop owner down from Florida. Um, he's the owner at Audio Expert Auto and Marine in Clearwater. So uh, I'll let Luke tell himself a little bit more about you. But Mr. Luke Fiddler, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How you tonight? I am doing great. Good. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been uh, I've owned Audio Expert Auto and Marine for 14 years this year. We specialize in marine first, right on the Gulf Coast. Uh, we're actually working to phase out of cars as much as possible. I got my start in cars 22-ish years ago and then transitioned to mostly marine stuff in the last five or six years. Awesome. Now, I know this, but for everybody to know, um, you do a, a shit ton of boats down there. Um, obviously, you're transitioning over to marine, like you just said. With the, with the business change and kind of moving things from one thing to another, how is uh, how's that work for you and um, making making transitions and things like that? It's been a little difficult just getting out of one business. It's it's harder to get out of a business than it is to get in the other. I'm finding because we've built up so many customers over the time that a lot of them will still call us for a lot of things that we just don't offer anymore. Right. Um, and I, I hate to disappoint anybody, but if somebody calls me and needs a tiny job done, needs a, a dash cam wired up or something, and we're booked for three, four weeks out with huge boat jobs. I just can't accommodate them. Um, so it's been harder on that side to reduce that business than it has been to build up the other side. Well, that's, that's actually a, a good thing. I think, I think you got, that means you got a, a very good base on, on what you're doing. Um, but I, yeah, I can definitely see people wanting, you know, this or that done, you know, your uh, some of those clients you've built a relationship over the years to, to really, move them and say, Hey, you know what? We're not doing that so much anymore. Do you, do you like refer them to somewhere else or how, how do you handle that? So, much? I, so far we've just been giving them the option to either wait and come to us and then we'll just book that week, you know, one week out, whatever for cars. If I refer them, honestly, right now, I don't have anybody local that I refer them to because I haven't had enough good experiences with anybody in my immediate area. Right. Um, I don't want to refer them to somebody who's not going to take care of them the way that we will. Exactly. Uh, I will point them a direction of a few places a little further away that I trust to take care of it. Whether they want to make the 40, 45 minute drive to the other side of Tampa, that's that's up to them. So far, I mean, we've been able to accommodate most people, but some people have definitely expressed some disappointment that they can't come to us for that little stuff anymore. And that's that's been the hardest thing for me because I like taking care of people. I like fixing their problems and solving whatever they want. But I mean, I, it's just difficult when you've got five, seven, $10,000 boat jobs that have to get done to stop and do these, you know, hundred to $200 jobs. Absolutely. There's just, there's just no way to put that into the workflow efficiently. Now I'm going to take this and actually work it around into a couple of different things. Cause I know you've had the same problem that a lot of us have of finding good employees, but you've also had the issue. Um, I know recently you had to move your shop again. 
So you've had a whole lot of things thrown at you and a whole lot of different issues that you've had to work through. You want to maybe uh, explain a couple of those and kind of have you've worked through them and or what's still going on maybe. And well, I mean, we'll, start, we'll start with the shop thing. So that was a, a little bit surprising. Uh, a new company bought our entire complex and came in and basically uh, nobody in my place had been given leases for over a year because they, I knew it was for sale. This new company came in and bought it and basically said, you can either double your rent or you can get out. And I said, well, I'm not going to double my rent. I don't, I'm, you know, most of my Marine work is done off site. The, the place is just really a storage unit for me. Right. Uh, then they changed it up and said, no, actually, we're going to build this brand new building in the back. It's big. I can fit boats up to 50 feet in it. And they offered me a decent deal on it. I said, yeah, I'll take it. And I was scheduled to move into it June 1st. Uh, it's whatever day it is today. It's May 5th. Uh, they haven't started building that building yet. Uh, oh. They're they're that far behind, like everything else in the world is. So we've been operating out of a tiny little thousand square foot uh, unit next to mine that was actually set up as a storage unit. But again, for the transition to Marine, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm very rarely there. It's really just a storage unit. It is, you know, we have a little storefront in the front for what car customers that we are still accommodating. So... It hasn't been awful, but the the worst part was the the being in limbo part because now I have no idea when the new building is going to be done. Absolutely no idea. They're they're telling me potentially July first, potentially October first, depending on materials. Right. So you know we want to we want to be prepared to do an event to kind of blow that up, and that'll give us the ability to bring more small boats to the shop and put them inside. Um, rather than have to go to every single one of them because if they if they are on a trailer it is more convenient for us to bring them to us absolutely yeah you know than us to have to go do them at a storage unit or whatever so it'll be nice to have the space to accommodate it but it's definitely been something we've just kind of had to pick up on the fly and figure out because the the dates just changed constantly and and redirecting the the customers here and there and everywhere and just silly little logistic issues. Like when they moved our phone system over, it took them four tries to get the phone system to actually work and stay working. Uh, it would work for two or three days. And then the phones would not work for another two or three days until they figured it out. Oh, awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that kind of stuff, you know, and the power in the unit completely went out and the end of the power company had to come out twice you know, just little things like that, that they're doing construction on the unit next door and they broke a pipe and it, it flooded our whole unit. So, you know, I walked in at nine o'clock one morning and there was two inches of water all over the floor. So that was fun. So, yeah, it's uh, that part's been a challenge. Well, at least you had a, at least you do both. So you're prepared for the water. Right. Yeah. I'm used to getting wet. It really doesn't matter. You know? <laughs> and, and so I'm fine with that. So, yeah, I mean, that part's been rough, but manageable. The employee part, um, that's never been good. I mean, honestly, I have struggled with that forever. One of them, one of the reasons for that is the diverse offerings that we do. You can get a good car installer who can't do boats. You can get a boat guy who doesn't want to do cars. And honestly, here in Florida, the environment doing boats is really difficult. And a lot of people in our industry just will not do it. It's hot. It's itchy. I mean, you're outside in the sun all day. Like, I mean, we're, we're moving into an era now where installers want to work in a you know, air conditioned bay with a buffet service and, you know, a, a bidet in the bathroom. And I'm out here yep. working on a boat in a lift where it's a hundred degrees, solid sun, you know, like it, it's a different level of, of effort you got to be willing to do. And, and a, a 
car guy who's conditioned to what he's used to doing, that's just not in his wheelhouse. And I understand that it would, wouldn't be mine if that's what I was doing either. Right. So right. that really narrows the pool down. When I tell him, you know, more than half the time, you're going to be outside on a boat. People are like, yeah, no, you can't pay me enough to do that. One of my favorite pictures, I, I, I literally got your uh, Facebook profile pulled up here on one of the screens. And, and you know this picture because we, <laughs> we talk about it all the time. But you are literally in a dinghy uh-huh. or a little blow up. Uh, yep, the Explorer raft. Yep. In between two uh, motors here. Well, not the motors, but the, the uh, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah the outdrives of the boat in the yep. water doing lights on the water this this is just every time i see it i laugh my ass off but yeah. it, it goes to show i mean that's what you do but also like you were just saying you know uh to do that type of work you're gonna have to get a little uncomfortable and do yeah. some things a little outside the norm which i think is kind of cool yeah i mean that day i mean where that that thing is tied up the water under me was 40 feet deep so if you drop something you're not getting it back and trust me i've lost plenty of tools to the ocean <laughs> um but, you know, you're, you're going to get wet. Uh, there's a, a couple of weeks ago I was doing underwater lights on a boat where I waited till low tide. I threw a two by 12 in the water and just jumped in the water. And it was about up to my chest and just stood in the water and did the lights and then crawled out. You know, I mean, you got to you got to be willing to do that kind of stuff to to get the job done. And it pays well. I mean, those sort of lights pay extremely well because I'm in the freaking water. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to charge you a lot of money if I've got to be on a raft in the ocean to do it. And, you know, it, it's, it's a way to do it, but it's, I also would never ask an employee to do it. Uh, I don't necessarily think you can possibly get workers' compensation for throwing somebody in a raft. So I just do it <laughs> myself. Like I, I think if my insurance company knew I was in that, they would probably be upset, but you know, at least if it's me, it's me. So luckily you know, it's the owner. Luckily, as the owner, we get a we can get away with a few things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We can we can violate the rules a little bit. But, you know, that sort of thing just it does. It makes it more difficult to find people that are willing and able to do it. And you also just have to have a different level of of trust and care. I mean, the automotive side of our industry, if you're working on a hundred thousand dollar car, you're working on something really expensive. Uh, and the marine side, if you're working on a hundred thousand dollar boat, you're working on somebody's, you know, very average knock around boat. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 still a lot of money, but it's not uncommon to be on boats around here that are five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars or more. So you really don't want to jack them up like you've got to do the job correctly. So what you're saying is don't sink it. Uh, not sinking it is very important, <laughs> is, is very important. Yes. Uh, not sinking it, but. Uh, it's something that I instill in everybody. And, and uh, you heard me rant about this in the, the classes we've given is that it's it's not like a car. It's you. No. if you catch that thing on fire, the worst thing that happens to somebody with a car, if your installation fails, they pull it over the side of the road, they get out and they sue you, but they get out and walk away. If this person's 20, 30, 40 miles offshore and you catch their boat on fire, there's a distinct chance they die. Like if that thing goes down, they're floating around hoping the Coast Guard picks them up. And like, that's a responsibility you have to be willing to accept when you're working on this kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, you definitely uh, put that out in the, the class we did. For those who don't know, we did a uh, Marine class together, which he was the expert because I'm in Missouri and I don't do nearly as many boats as Luke does, um, which is why I, uh, I, I suddenly got kind of brought into, it. I'm like, dude, I need somebody that really knows this shit. So thankfully <laughs> he jumped on board, but um, I got you. 
Yeah. And it was a great class. Everybody loved it. We got a lot of great feedback, but yeah, yeah, yeah actually, I, everybody liked it. Yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, it's a totally different scenario. I mean, we don't have the ocean here, obviously, but, you know, we have rivers and lakes and all sorts of different things going on. It's it's very similar. I mean, um, guys go out fishing by the dams or different things, you know, something happens and that boat goes down by a dam. They're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It, you it's, know, it's not like a car, man. You don't, you don't pull it over. So like, this is a discussion I've had with everybody that's worked there, you know, no matter how hot and frustrated and annoyed and tired you are, you've got to make sure every one of those things is done correctly. You've got to go over it. And when we're done, we're going to go over every inch of it and look at it again. We're going to grab things, wiggle it, you know, make sure everything's tight. It's connected where it should be because there's, there's no second chance. If you burn somebody's boat down and they're getting scooped out by the coast guard, that's it. Like you're, you're going to be lucky if you don't go to jail over that. Beans we're on this. You're very, knowledgeable about the uh, the laws and some of this different stuff. I mean, I, I know because you, you brought it up in a lot of the class and stuff and a few certain things as far as safety on, on working with boats and doing some of this. Um, you want to throw some of that out a little bit, some of that knowledge? And I, I mean, I yeah, think that would be we 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 have all sorts of people listen to this, but I, I, we definitely have some uh, car audio guys and stuff might, might help somebody out here. So, uh, you want to throw a little bit of that out that I, yeah, I know I you're that, very knowledgeable on it. I think it'd be awesome. The the biggest thing to to think is if you ever, no matter what work you do to it, if somebody sells that boat later on, if the buyer is at all intelligent, they're going to have it surveyed, which is somebody, it's essentially a home inspector for a boat and a lot like a home inspector, their job is to find everything that's wrong and scuttle the sale until the person fixes it. And there's a bunch of federal laws surrounding how a boat is built, and those laws apply to modifying the boat as well. So if you don't follow those laws as you're working on it, the boat could potentially not only be damaged because those laws are built around core safety ideas, but if it gets a thorough inspection at a time of a sale, you could make somebody unable to sell a boat. You know, you could make the sale fall through or or them have to pay to get it changed or corrected, and then they're not going to be happy with you. And it's really simple stuff. I mean, ignition protection is the number one thing, because unlike a car, which carries its fuel on the outside, a boat carries its fuel in the hull. So, I mean, if you think about an old Chevy truck that carried its gas in the cab, there was always that concern. Yeah. Well, the same deal, like the fuel vapors, if there's any leakage anywhere, not even leakage, uh, if you happen to have a carbureted boat, obviously a carburetor, there's some vapors that come out. You just you have to follow the rules for ignition protection. Every one of your connections is a special type of connection. Uh, circuit breakers, fuse holders, they all have a stamp on them that says they've been inspected to not ever produce a spark or an open flame or any sort of excessive heat, no matter what happens to them. Um, that's why if you buy a starter for a big block Chevy, so my boat has a big block Chevy in it. If you buy a starter for a big block Chevy at Napa or Jags or whatever, you're going to pay 50, 70, 80 bucks, depending on how nice of one you want. If you buy a Mercury big block starter, you pay $300. It looks almost identical, but it's that extra ignition protection process and the inspection certification process they have to do that makes it legal for use on that boat. And I mean, there are legitimate dangers of it. Boat explosions happen every year because when you're fueling your boat, typically a little bit of vapors build up. Boats have what's called a blower, which is literally just a squirrel cage fan that runs or whatever kind of fan that each boat has that ventilates fresh air into the bottom of the bilge and sucks air out and blows it out the other side. But people don't think about that kind of stuff half the time. Half the boaters are drunk off their ass. 
So, you know, if yeah. they get vapor down there and they don't run that and for whatever reason, you know, your, your circuit breaker happens to blow at the time that there's vapors in there and it blows the boat up, then you're going to be liable for that. And it's, you know, and I've had people tell me it's a, it's a one in a million chance and that's probably true. And that's probably high. It's probably one in two or 3 million, but do you want to be that one person who blows somebody up because you didn't do your job right? When it took you no extra time or effort to do the job, right. Just use the right equipment. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, sitting here trying to think I'm trying to, in my head, I'm running back through the class and some of the stuff you went through. There's a, a couple of places to actually get a lot of these rules and laws. Um, before we move on to the next topic, while we're still on boats, where there's a U.S. Coast Guard place. Uh, yeah, the Coast, honestly, the, the Coast Guard has a really, really thorough website about all that stuff. They've got diagrams of where ignition protection is required, where it's not. Um, they're really good about putting that information out there. So it's nobody can say they didn't know. If they don't know, they didn't try to find it. But yeah, really, you go to the Coast Guard. Uh, and honestly, Cornell Law has a huge library of every law on the planet. Uh, really and it's an easy to access easy to find you can literally google you know boat construction laws and you're either going to get the coast guard or cornell law most likely and they're both super easy to use uh the coast guard's pictures are based on styles of uh, specific styles of boats that if you're not working on that style it's a little hard to discern what they're talking about yeah. um so i use proper ignition protection everywhere on the boat Everywhere we do it, if we have to put a circuit breaker or a connector or whatever, we just use the right stuff. The cost difference is negligible. You know, your cheapest automotive circuit breaker is going to be, what, like 100 amp breakers, 20, 30 bucks for a good one. Yep. We're doing a, a good blue sea breaker that's completely waterproof. And we're in salt water, which is the most violent environment for electronics you can possibly imagine. Um, you know, and we're 50, 60 bucks for a good quality circuit breaker. So, like you can do that and just have it last forever and be good. You know, I see shops all the time saying, well, this isn't directly exposed to, to the water. So what does it matter? Why do we have to use Marine stuff? Why do we have to use stainless hardware everywhere? Uh, and then maybe if you're in an inland freshwater environment, you can get away with that. If you're with somebody, you know, who stores their boat inside and literally gets it out on the lake 10 times a year, you can get away with a little more, but I mean, just being near salt it wrecks everything. And we see so many boats that have been worked on by people around here where they, they just use the hardware that they use in cars and because they just don't know any better. And, right. you know, I think that's what's worked for me is I've really tried hard to educate myself on all the differences and not be a car guy doing boats. I'm a boat guy doing boats who also has the ability to do some cars, you know, when we choose Right. Uh, so I think that's really what set us apart is really becoming the the expert and the specialist in that market. That's awesome, man. And uh, just so everybody knows, if you have questions or anything about this or want to know any of this information, uh, hit me up. By all means, I'll send you links and stuff from our classes and stuff we did. I'm sure you can hit Luke up, too. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Um Make sure it's done right, you know, some of that. So before we move on, I want to make sure that's said that, hey, if you have any questions or anything, absolutely yeah. here to help. And I mean, we get people in our industry uh, almost every single day. I would say probably more than every day, two, three times most days. I'll get texts or emails or messages, you know, about, you know, how do I do this? How do I do this? I'll help anybody who's willing to learn. 
just today, I just from one picture and looking at a boat, I taught a guy how to run, you know, wires into the tower of a boat that he just, he had never seen it before. And I've done 20 of them. So, right. you know, saved him probably two hours of absolute frustration just for asking. So yeah, if you have questions, ask, it's, I'm always willing to help. I'd rather have somebody do it right with a little bit of advice and, uh, then, you know, jack it all up. And I'm sure at some point that person will know something that I don't know. So they can help me back. That's all what it's all about helping each other out. Right. God knows you've helped me out a ton and I try to do the same if given the opportunity. Uh, I try to help as many people as I can. We do have, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in the automotive industry who think they never need any help. And that's, that's how we end up with people doing some of the shoddy stuff that we all have fixed, but yep, absolutely. And a lot of, I think a lot of that is just people not wanting to ask for help. Yeah. I'm, I I tell you what, I'll be the first person to admit that. Uh, I think I probably said that on the show before that, you know what, sometimes I'm, a lot stubborn. My wife will definitely attest to that. <laughs> Crystal will be the first one to say, yeah, he's, he's an ass, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it happens, but uh, one good thing is getting out of your own way and, you know, learning something and making things better, both for you, your employees or, you know, and for your clients, you know, that's, that's the, the, the key point I think right here. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's just a benefit for everybody that, that, you don't spend three, four hours trying to do something that somebody can help you out and you can do in 10 minutes. Yep. You know, absolutely. Just I'm gonna, better for everyone. I'm going to change this and lighten the subject up a little bit because I've known Luke for quite a few years now, and we always get some awesome stories from Luke about the shop. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. I, I made this on my notes here, buddy. I'm sure you have. Sure oh you have. yeah. So Luke always has some, Extremely funny, um, sometimes a little uh, interesting. Okay, they're always fucking interesting, but <laughs> always interesting stories about things that happen down there in Florida because, well, it's fucking Florida and that's what happens. Florida what's man, up? Man. Yeah. What's, uh, what's one or two uh, funny stories or things that's happened around the shop or whatever that uh, come to mind that'd be uh, oh, inter- entertain- entertaining for I, some people to listen to. I've got so many, but let's see. Uh, I'll drop a, I'll drop one on you here. Well, just, so we are, uh, we're down the street from this. Uh, I don't really know what exactly it is. It's a, a state run encampment, I guess you could say. Um, and for a while they had a rule where, you know, it's, it's homeless people, people in recovery, whatever. And they do a lot of good work in the community, but they also for a while had a rule that at eight o'clock in the morning, everybody had to get out and go look for work, except they didn't enforce where they were going. They just literally said, you have to get out and it's right down the street from where I'm at. So they would get out and most of them would just walk down the street and, you know, as sometimes these people are into some not so good stuff. And uh, there's a building across the street from me that they set up a little drug house in because it was vacant at the time. So they used to stumble over to my shop sometimes. And uh, I had a girl stumble through the front door, fall on the floor. You know, I, at first I thought maybe she was hurt because she was like kind of beat up and was from crawling through the damn bushes. And so I help her up and I'm like, what's going on? She kind of hits me and shoves me away, locks herself in my bathroom. And then we have to call the police to have her drug out. So after that, I started keeping zip tie handcuffs on the wall of my office. And I did have to use them one time. Guy comes in all whacked out on whatever he's on. 
and uh, jumps on a, a vehicle in the parking lot. Luckily, he didn't didn't hurt it. Just stepped up on the back bumper of it, and I asked him to stop, and he instantly came after me. So, but he fell down. Uh, you know, he wasn't coherent. So we grabbed the zip tie handcuffs on the wall, zipped him up, and sent him off the road to the PD. And that was something we dealt with for quite a while until they figured out that you know just kicking everybody out would not without any direction every morning wasn't wasn't good. But yeah, I mean, in terms of actual customers, I mean, Florida people are Florida people, man. They're they're interesting. Uh, I've actually spoke to a guy today that we did power door locks in his Saturn nine years ago, and he he's an older guy, and he's literally one of the rudest human beings I ever met. Oh, those and, are fun. Oh yeah, he was just he was terrible. He he bought a Saturn wagon and insisted it was the greatest car in the history of the world, but it didn't have power locks. So we, we did his power locks and, you know, that's a pretty major job to do four power locks plus a gate pop and, you know, kilo yeah. century and all that stuff. So we had his car for a day, day and a half, something like that. Right. And uh, he got back and he didn't like the, the angle that uh, it's a manual flip door lock thing by the handle. And he swore that when it was locked, it, it was at a different angle than it was when it locked when it got there. So, you know, most cars now have the lock rod at the back of the door. It goes straight up and down. But back then they'd have the lock flipper right by the door handle. I think Nissan still have them. Some other cars still yeah. have them. And I mean, I looked at this thing with him and I was like, dude, I don't know what you're looking at. And he just lost his shit in my parking lot. This little tiny, like five foot old fella just lost his absolute shit in his park in my parking lot. And I mean that literally because he yelled at me to the point that he pooped himself. Oh, shit. Literally. Oh, shit. And then he yelled at me for apparently making him do that. So, yeah, like that's that's just one of the, the many. So, yeah, we, we've dealt with all kinds of crazy stuff. And thankfully, that's one thing we don't deal with nearly as much on the, the boat side. They just they don't they don't treat us that way. Um well, luckily, but, if you got enough money to buy a boat and be able to store it and get it worked on and take it out and all that, I mean, you've probably have a little bit of sense to you. Yes. Yeah. You're you're a little more assembled in the head. And I mean, part of the problem with us is my location is in a really is in what I would call a low rent commercial area of a very nice area. But like the two mile radius around my shop is pretty shitty right uh, and that worked for us because the rent was cheaper and i didn't really care about the location right so you know the area immediately around me the people who actually come by there are just you know not always the the prime people but you know we try to treat everybody the same whether they're coming in in a saturn or a million dollar boat right up to the point where they make us not you know right it, it, no and that's understandable you know, if you call me or come through the door, we're going to treat you exactly the same right until you don't. And we've, we've had a couple of boat people that are just completely unreasonable to deal with. And, you know, I just tell them I'm not coming back and bye. And, you know, that's that's something you just have to do sometimes. But yeah, yeah sometimes um, you got to let those clients go. Yes. Yeah. Literally yeah. fire them. I mean, to be yep. bluntly honest about it. And, yep. uh, you know, some people may not like that, but. I'll be the first person to say right here. I mean, this may not be correct or whatever little finger quotes here, but you know what? Some people are assholes and well, 
they're not going to treat my employees or me that way. And I ain't going to deal with it. And so they can go somewhere else. You know, I have no problem firing in somebody that's going to treat her. We will do everything and bend over backwards as much as we can to make sure people are taken care of. But don't take it too far or else you're fucking out of here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't allow people to be like that. Although, you know, sometimes it's funny. Some of the people with the most busted vehicles are the nicest people that we deal with. Uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to say it was probably like two, three years ago. The younger dude, I think it was a Chevy Cobalt, actually could have been a Cavalier, um, came in, got a fairly basic base package installed, um, you know, but spent for him what was probably a lot of money. It was seven or eight hundred bucks. And honestly, I don't think the car was worth about seven or eight hundred bucks. And uh, he drops the keys off. He's real polite. He's real cool. He says, so uh, I'm sorry. I have to tell you something about this car. And I'm like, all right, it's probably dirty inside, whatever. Like we can deal with that. He says, uh, it's never had working reverse. So you've got to push it backwards. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah. okay, all right. I, so, so I'm from Missouri, man. I, I, I'm used to a broken transmission here and there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was just amazed. And like, he was so apologetic about it, but it was a little car. It was no big deal. But like this dude spending $800 on a stereo when he literally can't reverse his car. Like we drove it in the shop, did the system and we literally pushed it out and drove it around front. Like, and then we were nice enough, you know, we drove it around, we pushed it back into the spot. So he didn't have to push it leaving. And he even noticed that and thanked us for it when he picked it up. Like, you know, it's just, it's funny what, what people, you know what, that's a great fucking thing to great little lesson there. You guys, Listen to what he had. You still took care of him. He was very good about it. But you took that little extra effort to make sure he was taken care of and didn't have to go through, you know, the extra effort to leave. Uh, even if it's something as little as, you know, having to deal with something he deals with every day, you know, he, yeah, and he clearly, noticed it, which is I mean, cool. Clearly, he pushes that thing out of parking spots every time he goes somewhere, I guess. I, I don't I mean, I assume, but. You know, we, we pulled it around and it just, I was like, yeah, just like stop and we'll push it in the spot. And he just thought that was the greatest thing ever. I, I think he was happier about that than the, the freaking stereo we put in it just because, you know, <laughs> probably because somebody didn't treat him like shit because he has a busted car and, you know, that's, he's cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a great lesson there. Um, I'm just going to point that out, you know, just listen to the customer and doing that one little thing that's extra that may not seem like a big deal to you, but they're going to be like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah, I may have a busted ass. Yeah, I may have a busted ass car, but they still took care of me, which is you treat people like that. Exactly what you're saying right there. You know what? That's that's going to come back to you. You know, that's going to be good. And that's the way I think everybody should be treated, whether they're driving a Lambo or whether they're driving a old Cavalier with no reverse. You know, I mean, that's my opinion to every business. I mean, it doesn't matter if somebody walks into your business and you're selling gardening equipment or whatever it is, you know, and whether they're wearing Gucci loafers or, you know, new balance with holes in them or whatever, like you don't know that person. Like I said, I, I, I deal with high six figure boats into low seven figure boats. Yep. I've seen some of these people show up to meet me at their boats looking like they just crawled out of a tent in the woods. Mm-hmm. I mean, more than once I've showed up to somebody's house where the boats on a lift out back, the house is six, $7 million the boat's a hundred thousand to 500,000. And that's just one boat. And there's two boats out there and they walk out of the house in, you know, basketball shorts from Walmart and a busted ass t-shirt and, you know, looking like they just rolled out of bed because they probably did, you know, you just, it's, it's one thing a lot of industries need to get better at is, is not judging people so quickly. 
Yeah. And ours, and ours specifically, you know, I mean, and I'll be the first person to say, you know, I'm just going to say it. I fucking judge people. Hell yeah, I do. Oh, you know, we all every, do. We, well, yeah, we everybody all, I does. Do too. But, you know, people walk in, you know, or pull up in whatever. But I've also had plenty of people. And this is one thing I've had to continually tell myself to don't be a dick, basically. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, they pull up in whatever, but they're like, yeah, I got this. Uh, uh, I don't know. I got a Lambo. I want to bring in and whatever I want to get. But they, you know, we got one very nice, awesome guy runs a towing company and uh, I ain't going to say names or anything, but he runs a towing company and he brings Lambo over and, you know, we were working on whatever, but he'll show up. He's been out towing cars and doing whatever. And it doesn't matter what the fuck they're wearing. It doesn't matter what they do. You don't know what these people want to do. So, you know, it goes back to the, I think this is a age old thing, you know, don't, don't sell anybody on your, out of your wallet, you know, if they want something, who are we to know what the fuck they got? Yeah, no, that's that's super important. Uh, and again, that applies to any business, but especially ours. We've got a lot of people in our business that, you know, it's, it, like on my side, on the Marine side, we write a lot of big tickets, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of people just can't fathom the idea. Even people in our industry, the idea of ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 or more on an audio system, like that's not something they can grasp. That's not something I can grasp for my own boat. I would never do that. But the fact that people want to, I want them to do it with me. So like, you know, last week I went to a boat and it's an older boat, but it's in good condition. The guy just bought it, wants to fix it up, went through everything he wants. I wrote him a quote for it at almost $12,000. Like, and when I think about in my head, what we're doing, that seems like a lot of money because it's not an extensive system, but it is, it is gutting everything that's in there. And it's a lot of work and it's going to take you know a few days to do it. And, you know, you, you got to look past how you would spend your money in any industry. Cause if, if somebody wants to spend it, you know, I've always, I've always told everybody that that's worked for me or that I've dealt with, I'm nobody's financial advisor, but my own. So, exactly. it, I mean, if somebody wants to ask me if they can spread their car audio system over six credit cards, I'm not going to tell them they're making bad life choices. I'm going to tell them as long as all six of those bitches run, bring them. Yep. I don't care. Yeah. It it doesn't matter. I don't care if they, I'll be honest with you. I don't care if they bring cash in in a fucking garbage bag or, you know, a a lunch bag or whatever, you know, if, if they're good and I'm good, you know, if that's, if that's how they choose to spend whatever money that they have or, or however they hand choose to handle it. I mean, I will just give them the absolute best service possible for their money. I'll always treat them fairly. I, you know, they're not going to ever get ripped off. But I mean, if, if they have $5,000 to their name and want to give me all of it, I'm going to take 5001 Yep, that's that's their choice. And, that, and that's totally cool. So I'm going to ask you a, a little something else here. Beans, I know you've uh, you started what, in 2009? Is that correct? I think is what I was. Uh, uh, 2008, I, I believe, right at the end of 2008, I think. Okay. So you've been around for a minute, obviously. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's I when know I started you, my shop. Yep. I know. And I, yeah. And you've been in uh, other shops and uh, other things. I don't think we've ever talked about that. We'll, we'll do that sometime, but yeah. we'll, we'll save that one for another one. Um, Cause yeah, you're coming back. This is, this is a good conversation. I'm enjoying this, <laughs> but since you started um, and this is something I try to kind of 
connect with all the different businesses, whether it's our industry or something else, there's always some struggles and different things that happen coming through the years and building a shop up or building whatever business it may be. Um, what are some of the struggles you've uh, dealt with and kind of how do you get through them and anything that really sticks out in your mind that you've, you've really had to deal with over the past, well, what would it be? Uh, 13 years now? Oh, for me, it was getting out of my own way. And it, it's something I struggle with today. And it's something that I will always struggle with. I love I, that. I want to be part of, of each thing. So like, I never had the dream to own this enormous shop where there's 30 people working. Like I, I don't want that. I wouldn't be happy in that environment. Right. I want to be actively participating in each thing each day. And there have been times where it's got us overwhelmed because I'm trying to do too much for myself. And that's partially why I decided to make the transition more to Marine out of car, because for a few years I tried to run them parallel full time and it just wasn't working. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just got to know what you're good at and what you're not. And what I was not good at was managing my own time between everything. You know, I'd be outside working on a boat that was dropped off at the shop. And then I'd be inside putting my head in a car that somebody else was working on. Then I'd be answering the phone. Then I'd be answering emails. Then I'd be helping a customer in the front. And, you know, you're, you're not efficient at anything if you're doing all the things. So, you know, that, that was really what fueled me to, to shift more to being specific to the marine environment and it's also shifted with where i am now and with the new shop we're not going to have full shop hours it's going to be an appointment situation you know we'll still be there most of the time but right um i i don't operate it as a retail operation where somebody's going to walk in and buy a cable or, or something like that like that's just not what i do so yeah my biggest struggle has been getting out of my own way and not trying to do everything 24 hours a day myself and letting people do what they can do and just not getting myself into those periods of burnout, because I've definitely had that, you know, you put in the, the big weeks and you bust your ass and, and your brain just shuts down eventually. And then you want to just take five days and not do anything at all, but you can't because it doesn't just stop. And, yeah. you know, and there were definitely times in, in, during, over the, the life cycle of this business where I've just really kind of spaced out because I've busted my ass for a month straight and then I've had to catch myself going, this isn't fun. I, I don't want to do this. I got to step away. And also because of that, we decided to close on Saturdays because when I initially opened, I felt like I had to be open retail hours. So I was, you know, nine to six Monday through Friday and nine to four on Saturdays. And then I decided to go to, to 10 on Saturdays. And then I said, you know, fuck Saturdays. <laughs> every single person, every person who said, I can't come in on a Saturday, if you said to them, how about Saturday is full? Can you come in on Thursday? They would say, Oh yeah, I guess I can, you know, so we didn't lose a thing being closed on Saturdays. Uh, and you gain that time back for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in this industry, we have a real problem with, uh, uh, I think anyway, excessive, uh, hustle culture, I guess I'll call it, you yeah. know, I, and, and, and this isn't directed at anybody in particular, but, I don't think it's a point of pride to post pictures working on a, on a car at your shop at one o'clock in the morning on Saturday. I agree. I agree with that. 100%. Go home, go home, especially if you have a family at home, like go home. And, and I'll say this and I'll say this with this and I'll say this because right now my schedule is really fucked up and I won't get into that right now, at least not publicly or whatever, but 
some people just work on different schedules. No, that, that's true. But Thanks. no, um, you know, and if you're a show up at your shop, your hours for you and what you work best is two to 2 a.m. or whatever. Okay, cool. You know, yeah. do what works best for you. I no, think that is it's true. I, I also, I'm going to say this. I completely disagree with this. You have to be up at 6 a.m. and you have to be in early and all this to be a successful business owner, entrepreneur, all that. That, that Some that's people are adamantly against that. So be it. That's my opinion. And you know what? They don't like it. Tough shit. This is my show. <laughs> no, that's that's. It, that's just somebody saying what works for them and trying to apply it to everybody. Right. And I, and I, you know what, if that works for you, fucking awesome. I agree. When I was waking up very early and getting things, to, I, you know, I could have a day's worth of work done by 10 AM. Okay. Yeah. That was cool. Well, you know what? Everything's kind of shifted for me. And right now with what's going on, I'm doing things a little differently, but it's what works for me and what works for the shop. And I'm able to get everything done. So, you know what, do what works for you. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, myself, I forever in my life, I've not been able to go to sleep early. I just don't. Uh, It's very, very rare that I'm asleep before one o'clock in the morning. Uh, And there's nothing I can change about that. That's how my body clock works. So it's, you know, this morning, I think the last thing I saw on TV was uh, an episode of Friends coming on at two. And then I fell asleep during it. You know, and that's just me. And it, it doesn't matter if I get up at six in the morning. I it sounds like I should be tired. But when I lay down, I'm going to lay there till one or two o'clock. That's just me. So I adjusted my schedule to be able to get a decent amount of sleep. The shop technically opens at 10, but I'm usually there by nine. Right. But because it's not a retail operation, it doesn't really matter if I got to go to a boat. I'll get up early and go. Or, you know, if I'm meeting them at their house. Sometimes they don't care if I don't show up till 12, you know, and and I'll get it done. So, yeah, it's about what works for you. There's a lot of things like that that are such such a a personal choice thing. And like if your body clock says you get up at four o'clock in the morning and that's how you put in your best performance, you should do it. Yep, absolutely. If if that just does not work for you and you're doing it because somebody else tells you you should or shames you into doing that, you're going to fail. That person is going to set you up to fail. You cannot yeah. do that if you can't do that. Yeah, fuck that. I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. right now, I'll, I'll tell you what, I got some medical things going on and some different things that I'm working through. Nothing crazy, just things I'm fixing for myself. Like I quit smoking six months ago and, you know, different Good things job. going on. Good Thanks, job, buddy. Dude. Appreciate you. Um, but, you know, it's it's really changed everything physically for me that I'm really having to work through, which no excuses, you know, it is what it is. But you know, right now I am, I literally get like three to four hour naps. That's all I do. I I cannot sleep longer than that. I went to bed last night. I don't know. I got home nine ish or so from doing shit here at the shop and then ate dinner, talked with Crystal for a while. We went into the bedroom, turned on a movie. I was asleep immediately. I don't know, nine to 10. I woke up at one o'clock. I was up from one to seven and then I fell asleep and was back asleep till 10, you know? Yeah. You know, it just is what it is. And it, I'm working on fixing that right now. I think I think that's probably something I need to fix because I ain't sure if that's healthy. But I mean, <laughs> at, the, at the same time, I look at some of these other people like um, other large business owners, I should say, that I've heard, you know, kind of do this. They just nap and, you know, then just go back to work and do whatever. It's like, well, yeah. OK, you know, it 
it's whatever works for you, I think is the best way to go about it. So, yeah, 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 definitely. You know, like back to where I started that, you know, if, you know, I, I'm not, not saying anyone shouldn't be working at their shop at one o'clock in the morning, if that falls into their, their time frame. But if right. you've been at your shop working on the same vehicle for 12, 14, 16, 18 hours, you are not giving that person the best you. You just aren't. Yeah, you shouldn't be charging for those hours when you're not at your best. Right. And I mean, we've all done it. We've we've all oh, yeah, had those situations. We we all know those situations. And every time if I think back to those things where I've done the the all nighter, late nighters because you're behind on a project or whatever. There's a lot of things like in reviewing it in my mind that I probably didn't do as good as it could have been. And realistically, it's a car. It does not need it's not a child. You don't have to be there for it all the time. You can you can turn the lights off and go home and it will still be there in the morning as long as nobody broke in and stole that bitch. Like, <laughs> you know, yep. you don't have to feed it. You don't have to water it like People they usually industry. get mad if you actually do water it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. They get <laughs> real mad when you like put the hose inside of it and, and water it. Yeah. It's not good. So and it's, it's not just our industry, but it's, it's, I see it a lot in our industry or people are like, you know, just this whole hustle harder culture and it's people burn themselves out on it and people, you know, wreck their families over it and stuff like that. Because, you know, if you've got kids or, or a wife and, and I don't have either, but I know enough people that do, like you got to be around, you know, if, yeah. if you're not like, maybe you feel like you're things, doing good. Because you suffer. Like yeah. And, and you know? people feel like they're doing good because they feel like they're, they're providing, but you know, yeah, you're, you're paying the bills, but you got to provide yourself to those people too. And you gotta, and, yeah. you gotta make that a priority. Yeah. And I, I am the first person to be guilty of that. Uh, you know, always worried about being at work and, making sure of building a business and doing this and doing that and neglecting, you know, time at home. I mean, before we got on and started recording, we were talking about my oldest son, you know, I mean, yeah, that's, that's suffered because me and my relationship with him and what I should have been doing for him has suffered because I was off doing other things and worried about, you know, trying to make a profitable business and make, you know, make something happen as opposed to being there where I really should have been. And, you know, I'm aware of that. I know. And I'm trying to fix that for, for my next two, but that doesn't solve the problem that happened behind, but I can't, it's also in the past. I can't fix it. We'll work on that yeah, as we go. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. But, like we all, we all have dumb shit like that, but you know, oh yeah, you know, we've all done dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's so much dumb shit that we've all done that, you know, like that. So, you know, it's just something that I think in our industry in particular, I just see it so much, you know, it's just, if you're not putting in 80 hours a week, you're lazy. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I, I am completely not 80 hours a week if you aren't paying me $200,000 a year. Yeah. And I completely agree with that as well. Uh, you know, part of doing what we do. Yes. You're going to have to take the time building a business to put in that extra time. Yeah. And also, I'll, I'll say, I'll say that as well. You know, yeah, there's going to be times where you're going to have to sacrifice in order to create a successful business in order to, uh, create what you want out of life. I think I completely agree. I mean, there's always a sacrifice to get one thing as opposed to, you know, just being a nine to five in a cubicle, whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to balance that a little bit as much as possible. I think balance is a fucking joke, by the way, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is no such thing as fucking balance in my opinion, but that's another story. But yes, you have to be there and have to do what you can on both sides of things, not just focus on one 
and not put the focus in on the other. And and that's the problem I've done, you know, over the years. And I'm, I'm me personally, I'm really trying to fix that. Yeah. I just, I think, you know, balance, balance, I believe balance is an illusion. It's more of a sloshing because it goes mm-hmm. way one way. Then it goes the other way, you know, balance, balance is some we can never achieve in life because life throws curveballs at us all the time. You know, it's never, it's never consistent, but you know, in what we do, you can consistently schedule your work. You can, you know, explain your process to your customer properly. You can lay out the expectations properly. Customers accept the right expectations if you lay them out correctly. And there are customers who will say stupid shit and too many people just bend over for them. You tell them an install is going to take four days and they say, well, I'm only doing it if it takes two days. Well, no, it doesn't take two days. It takes four days. So, and this is why, and I'm going to explain to them why. And at that point, I probably already have explained to them, but some people in, in the world just like to essentially shoot their shot to see if they can get something better, you know, and better is is what's in their mind. Which is okay. Yeah. As long as it's it's not unreasonable. And and like you said, you know, people will say, um, oh yeah, I can, uh, I, I, I think it shouldn't take, this other shop told me it would only take two days. Well, um, that's fine. This is the way we're going to do it, which you've, as you said, probably already explained already, but whatever. Yep. It's, but it's you know all what? about educating them on what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and why it takes this long or why it costs this much money. And as long as you do that and, and you, you do it without shaming them because they don't know, because they're not supposed right. to know. You're educating them. You're yeah. helping them. You're not you're not shaming them. You're educating them. But also they need to know that um, and this goes along with the education thing. You're not going to bring down your standards of how you do your work just to meet some other shops price point. You yeah, know, exactly. Exactly. I, I you know what? I just had that happen today. Actually, I was at the shop moving some stuff around and I had a guy walk in in an older Acura and uh, he said, you know, I just picked up this car and, and I, I want to put Apple CarPlay in it. I said, okay, well, you know, we don't have a whole lot of options right now, given the supply issues, but I've got this nice Sony 5600 right here and it costs this much money and it's, uh, you know, this much install and the car has steering wheel controls and factory amplified system, blah, blah. It's going to take all this to do it and drop your car off, you know, in the morning and we'll have it go by the end of the day. And he says, well, that's, that's ridiculous. I just left another shop and they were going to do it all for half of that price and told me it would only take an hour. And I said, okay, well, Good I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I said that that's cool. I said, you know, we're just, we're talking about different things here. You know, you're, you're, you're buying a steak at Applebee's and, and I'm selling you a steak at Ruth's Chris and yeah. they both exist for different reasons. And he kind of looked at me like I had three heads because I wasn't going to just drop my price or anything. And then he started asking questions and he said, well, why does it cost so much? And I'm explaining to him, you need a steering wheel control module. And I've already explained all this, but now I got to explain it to him again. And you've got amplifier integration and we're going to mount you a flush mount USB somewhere. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to make this look like it's actually part of the car. And he says, well, the other shop says it just needs a $25 dash kit. (laughs) I I said, it it does. It, It does need a $25 dash kit. That's true. But it also needs this whole list of other things. I said, did they look at the car? And he said, no, they they didn't look at the car. I said, oh, okay, well, I did. So I know what I'm telling you about your car is correct. Uh, you know, and then we talked about the, the product they had quoted them. And, you know, mine was a significantly higher quality product because that's the only thing I have. Right. And, 
you know, I just, I really tried hard to not delve into the the low stuff that I, I don't believe in lasting so much. And, uh, he, he got it. He, he kind of, you know, stood there and kind of stared at the wall for a second and it all rang in his head. And he flat out told me, he's like, dude, that, that all sounds great. He's like, I gotta be honest with you. I just, I literally don't have that much money. He's like, but I also don't want this other shop to do it because they didn't tell me any of that. Right. So, you know, that opens a door to what you're going to do. You, you've, if the dude literally doesn't have that much money and, and, you know, doesn't want to stretch his credit cards, whatever I said, you know, so here's what we can do. Let's, let's put a deposit on it and let you get a couple more paychecks in it. And yeah, you're going to have to drive your car without Apple CarPlay for the next month, month and a half, but you're going to get it done right. You're going to like it. It's going to work forever. Your systems in your car are going to work correctly. And, uh, you know, and he, and he was like, you know, that, that, that's great. Let's do it. So like, sometimes when people shoot that shot at you, uh, a lot of people that I know get offended by it. Yeah. You, you can't, yeah. that's, that's just a customer being a customer, you know, even us oh, as yeah. business owners, we do that same thing that we get mad that people do it to us. When we buy something from one of our sources, we say, well, is that, you know, is that the best deal you got? Can I get it a little quicker? If I buy four, will you cut me 20%? whatever, you know, we always want the best deal too. So does every person in the world. You can't exactly. get offended if somebody asks to, to get a better deal. You can say no, but don't get offended because you can still close that deal. But if you say no and get pissed off, you're not going to go anywhere with it. They're just going to leave. Yeah. Then, then where are they at? Right back to the other shop and leaving you a bad review. Yeah, exactly. At that point, he's going to go get his car all fucked up at the other shop. He's going to leave me a bad review just because he doesn't like me. Then he's going to leave them a bad review because they fucked up his car. Then he's never going to want to get his car worked on again because he doesn't like the good shop and the bad shop jacked up his car. Yep. And then where are we at? Like we talked about numerous times, you know, then where are we at as an industry? Everybody thinks the car audio industry is a bunch of assholes trying to either take money or fucking fucking things up. Yeah. Yeah. The entire automotive industry struggles with that. And, and I mean, you know, I'm sure somebody who works in the mechanical side will probably hear this and I'm probably not talking about them, but maybe they love to sell a bunch of dumb shit that doesn't do anything. They yeah. love to sell, you know, system flushes that they don't actually do and throttle body cleanings that includes them wiping it with a rag for $200, you know, and, and, like the automotive industry has really shot itself in the foot with a lot of stuff. So, and we're, we're lumped in with that. And in, in our little subset of the industry, I mean, I see it all the time. There's, there's a place near me that will take, take money for an install and put something completely different in that car. They will put $99 speakers and write up a ticket for $399 speakers. Happens all the time. I've probably seen it two, three dozen times in, in the six years they've been open. Oh, wow. And that's yeah. just what I've seen because it's failed and come to me. Like how many times have they actually done it? Yeah. No kidding. Wow. I, I, I luckily we have some, some decent people around here, at least the ones I deal with. I have not seen that like charging for one thing and putting another in that I can recall. Um, maybe it's happened once or twice. I don't know. Uh, luckily around here. Uh, I know a lot of the shop owners and different things and um I may not agree with all of them, but uh, yeah, they've they've at least been honest and taken care of their clients the way they should have been, which is which is a good thing. I mean, it's better for everybody in the long run. But yeah, a shop like that, I know 
I would not deal with that well at all. I'm too much of an asshole for that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it does not go over well. They they really don't like me because, I mean, I've sent a few customers back there with the product in their hand. I just said, here, take this back, take your receipt back and show them that this isn't the same thing and handle it. Like, I can't handle it for you, but you can. <laughs> yeah, this is totally on you. So what else you got? I mean, let's face it, it try, technically we're bad at an hour, but we can go as long as you want or we can knock this right. off. Uh, I'm in no hurry. I do have to go grab a beer real quick. So I'm not going to do loop. exactly the same. So we're going to pause for like 20 seconds while we reload our juices. Yep. So everybody's just going to have to uh, hold on for 20 seconds. But everybody can reload their juices. And by the way, we're, we're recording this on Cinco de Mayo. So Luke and I are sitting here just having a beer and having a good talk and having a good time. So whoever gets back first, which will probably be him because he left first. Hey, we can just start chatting and we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning into the Business Cars and Cigars podcast. Make sure to share this with someone you know that can benefit from this content. Remember to support this show by rating, reviewing, and subscribing.